Mark chapter 9 and verse 17. It says, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Wherever I take him, or wherever the spirit takes him, rather, he teareth him, and he foameth, gnasheth with his teeth, pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He, being Jesus, answered him, and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground and wallowed. Jesus asked his father how long is it ago since this came unto him he said of a child and oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us. I'm going to preach this morning for a few moments, bringing him the brokenness. Bringing him the brokenness. Let's put our Bibles down and let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Somebody lift your voice and call out to him. God, I love you. God, I magnify you. God, I pray that your will would be accomplished. God, I pray that someone would reach for you today. God, today is the day of salvation. And Lord, I pray that your will would be done in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Bringing him the broken. Mark chapter 9, we find a multitude surrounding Jesus there are no doubt many men many women boys girls children and adults of all ages seems as though it was common for folks to bring their entire families out to see Jesus but on this particular day and in this particular scripture we find a man approach the master 
And he says to Jesus, I'm not coming by myself today, but I'm bringing to you my son. My son is possessed of an evil spirit to the point he has no or very little control over himself. He is living under the rule of this evil spirit. And everywhere this evil spirit takes him, he, he's trying to destroy him. He's not acting like himself. He's not being himself. He wishes to cause himself harm. He gnasheth with his teeth. He pineth away. He said, Jesus, I came to your disciples, but they could not help us. I'm reminded this morning of the nursery rhyme. Humpty Dumpty. I know, it's deep. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. This man's finding himself in a place where he's asked others for help. Jesus, I called for your disciples that they would come and that they would cast out this evil spirit, but they could not. Now, unlike the children's rhyme where they called for the king's horses and they called for the king's men, when the king's horses and the king's men couldn't help them, they never called for anybody else. They just assumed that Humpty Dumpty's life was over. They just assumed that the brokenness was beyond repair. They just assumed that even though the, what, what had once been and wasn't anymore, that that, that that was just the end, that nothing could be done. We're going to try to break this today. Because it was supposed to break when I dropped it off the pulpit. But... Sorry. Don't step on. And Humpty Dumpty lay on the floor. But this man, in spite of the brokenness, said, I'm not satisfied with just going through motions. I'm not satisfied with just asking one or two for help. I've got to get to the king. And the Lord wanted me to remind somebody today that you don't have to live with your brokenness. 
Too often we go through life and we try to find fulfillment with the broken pieces and we try to become filled at an altar of our own making with just the brokenness and I can't hold the same amount that I used to be able to hold. And I'm looking. I'm searching. And I want to be able but I can't they brought him unto him and when he saw him straightway the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground foaming at the mouth and this is the kind of situation that this child had lived with this was the kind of of atmosphere that was in their home but there was a father that said i want more for my children I want my son to experience something greater. I don't want my boy living the rest of his life in the brokenness that the world wants for him. I don't want my boy living under the influence of the evil spirit any longer. So son, I know it might be embarrassing for you but to go out in public again, but we're going out in public. We're not hiding out in the house anymore. We're not hiding behind the curtains any longer. If we're going to fix our brokenness, then we got to get to the king. We call for the king's horses, and we call for the king's men, and the brokenness remained. But I've heard that there is a king in town, and so we're going to pick up the pieces. We're going to pick up everything that we can, and we're going to bring it to the king. I'm not satisfied just living in the shards any longer I'm not satisfied just living in what could be I've got to pick up the pieces I've got to get everything that I can and I'm coming in to the house of God again we're making the trip today son dad what if And what if I have an episode? Then, what if they see what that spirit does to me? Then, what if it throws me in the fire again? Son, we're picking up the pieces. And we're taking them to Jesus. I'm reminded of the woman with the issue of blood. Who for 12 years spent everything that she had. Going from doctor to doctor to doctor. All the king's horses. And all the king's men. And was not better at all. She had tried every prescription. 
she had tried every home remedy. But all she's left with is brokenness. But as Jesus was on his way, because of the call of another father named Jairus, whose daughter was laying at home dying, Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house when the woman with the issue of blood pushed her way through the crowd and brought her brokenness to Jesus. And as this man and his son approach the master, When he saw him, that evil spirit that was in him reacted. And he fell on the ground and wallowed and foamed. And I wonder if in the back of that young man's mind he's saying, Dad, see, this is why I didn't want to come. Dad, we're just putting our issues out there for everybody to see. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to let anybody know that we're not as perfect as what we think we are or we're not as perfect as what we want other people to think we are and so oftentimes we just let the mug sit in the back of the cabinet and we just keep the doors closed so nobody's got to see how broken it really is and how messed up it really is and how out of control it really is but let me encourage somebody today you're in the right place on the right day because today is the day of salvation you say well I think I've got everything together but there's too many pieces for me to pick up off the floor and the only way we're going to get the rest of it up is with a vacuum cleaner and, and even then we got to be careful and so I, I just don't know if I can do it but I'm going to bring what I can bring to the feet of the master and Jesus looked at him he said I can do it if you'll just believe and that father looked back at Jesus and he said Lord I believe but help thou mine unbelief Lord I want to believe that you're the God that can put it all back together but there's part of me there's part of me that I just don't know if it's possible we've lived this way for so long what about the mess on the ground and Jesus said I can deal with that because I want your unbelief They've got this misconception that I've got to have absolute faith before God can work. But what if God was really just looking for honesty? Lord, I believe, I want to believe, but I, I, just, I just don't know. I mean, just look at the mess. Believe, but Lord, help thou mine unbelief. He said, okay, I can deal with that. I can work that Lord have compassion on us help us Jesus in verse 23 if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears this wasn't just a little passive conversation 
This wasn't just Jesus and this man over here on the sidelines and, and his boy wallowing in the street. This was a this was a, a spectacle. This was something that they were all around there. And this man in his desperation said, I know what it looks like right now, but that's my boy. I know how much of a mess it's making. I know how much of a spectacle it is. I've got no pride left. And he cries out and with tears, he said, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. He's not saying it quietly. He's not just trying to get the attention diverted. He's saying, Lord, we're desperate, and I'm a father who wants his boy to be made whole. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. They're getting everybody's attention. Verse 25, and Jesus saw that people came running together. He rebuked the foul spirit, saying, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. The spirit cried, rent him sore came out of him and he was as one dead in so much that many said he's dead man if that guy hadn't brought his son to Jesus he got rid of the evil spirit but look at him he's just laying there dead I bet he wishes he'd have stayed home now I bet he wishes he would have kept the curtains pulled on that. I bet he wishes he would have just lived with that evil spirit. Jesus heard the rumblings. Jesus heard the murmurings. And Jesus reached down and took that young man by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Because there's something about when I get my children and when I get myself into the presence of God that just a little talk with Jesus He did the same thing at Jairus' house when he told them to get out and he said, she's not dead, she's just asleep. And they left him to scorn. And he looked at that young lady and he said, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And he reached down and took that little dead girl by the hand. And when he touched her, life came back into her. And he lifted her up and life returned. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter how broken it looks if you'll bring it to Jesus he can touch it and make it whole Isaiah 30 verse 12 Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel. He's talking to a backslidden Israel. Because he despised this word and trust in oppression and perverseness. And stay thereon. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. He shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it a shirt to take fire from the earth or to take water withal out of the pit. For thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in returning 
and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. He's preaching to them. He's telling them, if you want to continue living where you've been living, in the spiritual condition that you've been in, you're going to remain so broken you can't even carry a drop of water. But if you'll come back, if you'll come to God, he said, there's a rest. There is a hope. There is rest. The Bible is filled with folks who experienced brokenness. Some due to their own choices. Others due to extenuating circumstances. Job chapter 17, verse 11. Talk about feeling low. My days are past. My purposes are broken off. Even the thoughts of my heart. They change the night into day. The light is short because of darkness. If I wake, the grave is mine house. I've made my bed in darkness. I've said to corruption, thou art my father. To the worm, thou art my mother and my sister. Talk about feeling low my purposes are gone the thoughts of my heart are gone there's no day it's only night I look and I feel like a worm I feel like my father and my mother were worms I feel like I'm less than human then we find David after he's committed murder and after he's committed adultery in Psalm chapter 38 and verse 5 he said my wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness because of things that I've done Job hadn't sinned at all, but David had fallen into sin. He said, I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long, for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. And there is no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble and sore broken. I've roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. He said, there's no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble. I'm broken. I'm crushed. I'm bruised. Again in Psalm 69, you tell me who you think we're referring to. Verse 20, reproach hath broken my heart. I'm full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. They gave me also gall for my meat and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink Psalm 69 opens the portal so you can see into the mind of Jesus Christ as he's hanging on the cross reproach has broken my heart full of heaviness there are no comforters there is no relief. And so this morning we get a better understanding of Hebrews 4 and verse 15 that says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows exactly where you are. He's felt it. God is a spirit. You can't kill a spirit. And so he took on human flesh. He was manifest in flesh. 
which is why he was the son of God and also the son of man. He had a dual nature. And so on the cross, because God could not die, the flesh had to be killed as the perfect sacrifice. He felt reproach just so he knew what you and I were feeling like. He felt the disdain from the crowd. He felt the brokenness so he could relate to you and I. Psalm 147 and verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He said, I just need you to bring me the brokenness. Later in one of the minor prophets of uh, the book of Micah, we find that he's prophesying to both Israel and Judah. He's prophesying to a people whose leadership is corrupt. Their government is terrible. They're living in a backslidden condition. They're not seeking after God. And their world is falling apart. You can read it for yourself, but for time's sake, we're going to Micah chapter 2 and verse 10. He said, Arise ye and depart. Get out of this place. Get out of this sinful condition. This is not your rest. This is not what God promised you because it's polluted. It will destroy you even with a sore destruction. But the word of the man of God was, you've got to get up even in your brokenness. Even when it's too messy to pick up, you pick up what you can and you get to the house of God. You get to the altar. You get into the presence of God and you bring that brokenness and he'll make all things new. All things new. Isaiah 28. I'm almost done. Musicians can come. Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk, drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here little, there little. He's, he's showing us how the Word of God is structured. That it's like a thread that runs from beginning to end. And it doesn't detract from itself. It builds upon itself. And so you can follow it from verse to verse. You can follow it from chapter to chapter. You can follow it from book to book. And it never contradicts itself. But in the midst of this important dialogue about studying the word of God and how God speaks to us through his word in verse 11 he said for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people to whom he said this is the rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing yet they would not hear in the middle of that great information regarding studying His Word, 
is a prophecy that speaks of the coming of the Holy Ghost. The outpouring of His Spirit. You can find it in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. That when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Filled all the house where they were sitting, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues in another language as the Spirit gave them utterance. He said, that's where you're going to find rest. But you've got to be willing to throw back the curtain. You gotta be willing, willing to get out of bed, to shake off the depression, or bring it with you. Stumble your way into the house of God and bring the broken. So you know what? I'm not perfect, but I'm ready. You see, that's the thing about it, folks. So you don't have to spend all of your time at home trying to get ready and trying to get good enough so you can come into God's house. I really want to live for God, but I got to get everything right before I get there. Where would that young man have been in Mark chapter 9 if that had been his dad's mindset? Son, no, we got to get this taken care of at home before we can go see Jesus. Daddy, we've tried everything. We called the, the disciples. We've called the doctors. We've called the Pharisees. We've called the priests. Nothing's working. Nothing's happening. Uh, I, I don't understand that. Uh, what would have happened? But no, that wasn't that man's mindset. He said, I've heard what Jesus can do, and we're going to risk public humiliation. We're going to risk not having it all together to get to where he's at and I'm going to bring with me my brokenness and I'm going to give it to him. Because he's my heavenly father. And just like that man looked at his boy who had been tormented. His love had not diminished even though he'd been frustrated. Even though they'd been broken. He said, no son, you're going with me. Jesus is here today. And he's not looking at you and saying, hey, guess what? I'm not going to love you until you get all this stuff taken care of. I'm not taking you to go, to, get, to go get ice cream until your room's clean. We're not going, we're not going fishing until you polish your shoes. Jesus said, no. Bring your mess with you. Bring your problems with you. Bring the situations with you. Bring me your brokenness. There is an ancient practice uh, in Japan. 
where they take vessels that have been broken and they reconstruct them. But in the reconstruction process, everywhere that there's a crack, they fill it with gold, stick it back together. And any voids that are in the vessel, they fill with gold. And not only then does the vessel become able to be used, but now it's far more valuable because it's been broken and put in the hands of a master than it ever would have been or could have been before. Folks, we don't like to be broken. We don't like for people to know that we have problems. But the fact is, if we're man enough or woman enough to say, hey, I've got problems. I need Jesus. Then when he gets done with you, you'll be far more valuable than you ever could have been before. And the issues that used to define you as broken will now say, look what the Lord has done. And he's put value on the brokenness. I wonder if we could stand right where we are. If you want to make your way to the altar, you're more than welcome to. Just make sure you've got shoes on. We're going to pray. Jesus, God, I want you to move in my life. I want you to move in my heart. I want you to move in my family. God, I know that you can see everything. You see the brokenness. You see my problems. You see my issues. God, I want you to move in my life. I want you to work in my life.